This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Brennan likes this thing. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 578, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways that you can find this podcast are on all your major podcasting applications. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. When you do go there, subscribe, leave a review, leave five stars. We greatly appreciate that. If you want to use any sort of major podcasting applications, go to MarkingOut.com. All of our past episodes are there. If you want to buy some merchandise from us, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Big merch madness sale coming up uh, March 3rd, 1 p.m. to March 7th, 1 p.m. That's both Eastern Standard Time. Use the coupon code MADNESS. Save yourself 20% off. Big Buy some shirts. Buy a marking out shirt, the Grizzle Pod Veteran shirt that Brandon put a lot of work into, and uh, a lot of great designs that are there. So go check those out. Social media wise, you can find us on Facebook.com/slash marking out, Twitter.com/slash marking out, YouTube and Instagram.com/slash marking out eleven. You can email us at marking out one at gmail.com, and we're on TikTok. I think it's at marking out. So go check us out on all these social media fronts. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, it's the Chris Show 2.0 if you saw the uh, picture of the week for this week because Dave, unfortunately, is not here, who you can find on uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram at David DPT, DPT. There we go. I got it right. And Brandon, who you can follow on all social media fronts at BTTG161 because, you know, he didn't think he could go to Disney World, yet he's been at two different parks since I have uh, been checking out what he's been doing. So it's my show this week, which I'm pretty stoked about. The last time we did that uh, was, I think, I want to say almost two years ago because Brandon went to Florida. Dave couldn't do it. Um, so it's not going to be, this isn't going to be a two-and-a-half-hour podcast this week. Uh, am I going to talk about Sami Zayn facing Johnny Knoxville WrestleMania? No. Am I going to talk about Finn Balor winning the United States title? Pretty damn cool, man, but, you know, not going to talk about it. Am I going to talk about Tomasos Ciampa, his theme music being changed? No, because I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. Uh, I'm very, there's so much wrestling out there. I like to pick and choose what I, what, I like to pick and choose what I like to watch. AEW is something like I like to watch, so we'll talk about AEW this week. We'll talk about Rampage. We'll talk about Dynamite. We will talk about Revolution, which is coming up this Sunday. And I have my good friends Ryan and Damien from the Filthy Effin' Casuals podcast to come on here. And we're going to give them the Mark Nat treatment. We're going to make them do predictions here. You know, maybe we'll have them talk about Mark Out moments of the week. It's going to be a great time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, excited this week because, uh, you know, it's another week back in the grind of everything. Uh, i got some nice weather here. we got a lot of good wrestling going on. And that's, that's it. I got a fridge, which is cool this week. Um, and I got my Super 7, my Matt Cardona Super 7, finally, which is, what an unbelievable figure. The detail on it's sick. I mean, we had friends over 
Saturday, Sunday night. Sunday night, they came over and say hi. We haven't seen him in a while. Um, so we're sitting there, we're talking, and, you know, I had the show. I had the show. I'm like, look at my super seven figure. It's amazing. Like, oh, they're like, holy geez. I'm like, his tattoos are actually on his leg between his knee pad and his, his boot. I'm like, yes, they are. So very cool. Uh, go pick up that figure. Use discount code major and ringside collectibles. Save yourself 10%. And, um, yeah, that's it for my little opening monologue here. So I think maybe we should uh, start get going right into Rampage, I guess. You started off Rampage with a solid match with Sammy Guevara defending his TNT Championship successfully against Andrade El Idolo. Um, crazy back-and-forth match you had here. It looked like, like there was one spot in the match that I thought was a little confusing where, like, Andrade had his foot on the rope and, like, was... Matt Hardy like trying to keep his foot there. Was he trying to get the ref's attention? It was it was it was a little it was a little wonky to me. But Sammy hits a huge cutter off the top rope and spikes Andrade dead on his head to pick up the victory. Um, and, na- and then after the match, you have Sting and Darby Allen run out. This is setting up Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen against Matt Hardy, Andrade El Idolo, and Isaiah Cassidy at. Uh, revolution in a tri- in a tornado trios match. So good way to get everybody involved here. Pick up storylines. I'm about it. Next up, you have QT Marshall come out, and uh, you know he come out during the commercial break with a microphone. He says he gets disrespected. Um, he's gonna teach Hook a lesson. Hook comes out. Then he sends Q- QT Marshall sends his students out. A couple of them get knocked out, and one student just walks off. So. This would be a cool match. I don't know if they're going to announce it, or maybe they did announce it. Again, I'm recording this right now. It's Wednesday at 1.46 p.m., so they could announce QT Marshall versus Hook. Maybe they'll do it for a Rampage. Maybe they'll do it on Revolution. It'd be a nice little... That's a nice little filler match. You know, we talk about wrestling events sometimes. You want to do it in waves. You want to do, like, a straight shot up to the main event. You you put this in between uh, two hard-hitting matches... It's a nice way to break everything up and keep people uh, hyped up. Next up after this is you have Wardlow picking up the victory over Nick Camarado. Finally, this is like a, a big guy versus big guy match. Um, but Wardlow hits the power bombs of destruction, the symphony, you could say. I think there was a Megadeth reference in there, which I wasn't. I'm not a Megadeth fan, so. But it picks up the victory over Camarado. Aaron Solo comes in afterwards, and and Wardlow's about to powerbomb him. And as he has him up with the powerbomb, Sean Spears hits him, hits Aaron Solo in the back. It looks like he hits Wardlow in the knuckle. You see him saying, like, oh, what the F's going on, man? And, you know, he's trying to hug it out. So, you know, I want to talk, like, storytelling here. You know, they talked about, like, Wardlow working for MJF. He's in the face of the Revolution ladder match. When he wins, he has to give, you know, he talks about, oh, yeah, you got to give me the title. Uh, shot over maybe it's like before he can get to mjf he has to go through sean spears to like kind of get that big baby face push in there um i'm about it big warlow fan and next up after this is you had serena's deeb's five minute rookie challenge where she beat kayla sparks in like two minutes and 30 seconds uh completely dominating um, I'm liking this. Again, you're going to get more rookies until they finally, maybe they have like a homegrown talent they're going to bring in and she beats the five-minute record. Cool to see here. Next up after this, the big contract signing for the Women's World Championship match at Revolution. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa signed the contracts, a bunch of back and forth. And then uh, 
Britt Baker's heaters get involved. You have Jamie Hayter out there. You have Rebel out there. And then Mercedes Martinez comes out to even the odds, attacks Rebel and Jamie. Jamie Hayter gets spine-bustered through a table. So you know now that Mercedes Martinez is going to have some sort of, you could say, involvement in this match. And you know Jamie Hayter and Rebel are going to have some involvement. So I don't think it's going to be some sort of clean finish here. With these aspects, maybe you see Brett Baker uh, winning it. Maybe they set it up for even longer for maybe like a steel cage match or something like that between them where Fun- Thunder Rosa finally wins. Uh, but we'll see. I'm excited for this match. Uh, and we'll talk about predictions for this match late- coming on with our, our buddies in the in FFC. But your main event of the evening is a qualifying match for the face of the revolution in which Orange Cassidy didn't want to have to climb the ladder. But he's going to Revolution as he successfully defeated Anthony Bowens. I like this match. I like the involvement with everybody involved. And of course, I liked Danhausen cursing Max Caster. Which, for right now, you know, it, it appears that Danhausen is still injured. And once he... There's rumors of him like being cleared, but they're just trying to figure a way to get him in there. So once he does come out, it'll be a cool spot. I liked at the end you have Dan Housen and uh, Orange Cassidy posing in the ring together. So that was fun. Uh, Solid. Another great hour of wrestling from all of wrestling. My favorite hour of television, uh, wrestling television on, you know, basic uh, cable TV. So let's uh, stop there with Revolution and let's hop over to Wednesday night. And I'm probably going to record this on Friday and talk about AEW Dynamite. Listen to the fans chant, Fallen Angel. All right, let's talk about All Elite Wrestling Dynamite broadcasting live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville. They're home and they are on the road to their biggest pay-per-view of the year, Revolution. Some could say it could be their biggest pay-per-view in company history. But they kick off the show with a huge announcement that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Everything. The tape library, all that good stuff. Super pumped about this. Um, I recorded with Filthy F F and Casuals Wednesday night, literally an hour after this happened. So if you don't want to listen to me talk about Dynamite, skip forward to that segment because we go into full detail about all of it. But... Kicking off the action on Dynamite, which was very, very fitting. And Tony Khan said, he goes, these two guys in this next match were in the main event of the first Ring of Honor show. And it was the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels against the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Uh, We haven't seen Christopher Daniels in a AEW ring in a very long time. So that's awesome. And Brian Danielson is, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I thought it was a fantastic match. And... Brian Danielson does pick up the win, but afterwards, um, he says, after the match, we shake hands, but we're not in Ring of Honor anymore. Proceeds then to stomp out Christopher Daniels, and then John Moxley comes out, cuts a scathing promo on him, saying, you know, he's at a crossroads right now, and tonight, and uh, on Sunday at Revolution, he's going to write the first chapter of his new book, In Blood. So hyping up a very highly touted match going into Revolution. Next up after that, you had a 15-team tag team Casino Royale, where it was different from last week, whereas last week everybody started in the ring. This week it was two teams started, and every 90 seconds another team would come in. And we mentioned it last week. Brandon said, he's like, oh, what other two? Are you going to have the same t- teams come in? Yes, you're going to have a couple of the same teams coming in. Butcher and the Blade were in there again. Uh, but you had 
the Varsity Blondes in there. You had Bear Country in there. You had uh, Pretty Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth. You had uh, 10 and 5 from the Dark Order. And one of the first teams that came in with FGR, who was in last week, was the returning top flight, Darius Martin, coming back from serious a serious leg injury that kept him out for about a year. And his brother, Dante Martin, who has been very highlighted since his brother's uh, injury and... They looked fantastic. They gelled. They did all their flippy high spot stuff. You had Chuck Beretta. You had Chuck Beretta. <laughs> you had Trent and uh, Chuck in there. You had the Young Bucks, obviously. You had 2.0, which I don't think we saw in last week. Brandon will probably uh, text me right now. But yes, they were in last week. My apologies if I forget. But it was really cool. You know, there were, yes, there were some out of the ring uh, stuff that happened, you know, with uh, Red Dragon coming out. Um, but I like the fact that the final two teams were the Young Bucks and Top Flight. And the way they kind of set up the finish, I mean, you knew the Young Bucks were going to win, but there was that little shred of you that was like, oh, man, I think Top Flight might do this. But at the end of the day, Young Bucks, the Young Bucks won. They advanced to Revolution. They'll be facing off against Red Dragon. Um, and you'll hear uh, what we think about that coming up uh, later on in the show. But after this, you have Chris Jericho having some choice words. For Eddie Kingston, they have a big match this, this coming uh, Sunday at Revolution and interrupted by Santana Ortiz. And Jericho just looks at him and goes, we good? And they both nod yes and they walk away. So we'll see what goes on here with the, you know, this inner circle feud that's going on that Sammy Guevara is like way far. He's gone. You know, no more inner circle for him. Next up, you have CM Punk come to the ring. CM Punk, you know, has been the good guy. He's standing in the ring, and MJF comes out. You know, he says stuff about, you know, he used to splash water on his face in the morning and ask himself, um, is he a bad guy? He says he doesn't think Max is a bad guy. Max, MJF, then goes to proceed to hug him and then kicks him in the nuts and beats the living hell out of Punk. Punches him in the head with the AEW uh, dynamite, uh, dynamite ring. Um... CM Punk gushes blood and MJF reveals his uh, newest shirt that was on Pro Wrestling Tees immediately after this segment of him and CM Punk and takes CM Punk, puts it all over himself and you have FTR, you have Wardlow, you have Sean Spears come out to keep AEW security from coming in. I think the best that you could say, the, the coup de gras of this was the last line and I just, I want to read it verbatim. It's, you stupid, stupid old man. I'm a snake. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And on Sunday at Revolution, I'm going to show the world and all the mindless sheep that I'm the devil himself. If you weren't familiar with this, CM Punk actually cut this, that almost the same words besides, you know, the Sunday at Revolution in a promo in Ring of Honor. So using that against CM Punk... I thought was spectacular. And now, I feel like now, you're going to see a lot of this Ring of Honor. Now that Tony Khan owns it, you're going to see a lot more Ring of Honor stuff getting thrown in here. And you can, and we say it later on in the show, you can now refer to people's pasts of their indie career, the Ring of Honor runs. Very, very cool. Another highly touted match going towards Revolution is Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. This week uh, on Dynamite, you had Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez pick up the victory over Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker with Thunder Rosa pitting Britt Baker. So now this kind of gives me the suspicion that 
Britt Baker is going to win at uh, Revolution. But I thought it was a great women's match, highlighting four really great talents in the women's division. After this, you had Mr. Mayhem Wardlow, big, huge fan, big mark for Wardlow, uh, facing off against Cesar Bonini and essentially squashing him, which I thought was, you know, I spoke about it with Rev, with uh, Rampage from last week, that he faced off against Nick Camarado, very big guy, maybe a bigger build than him. Now he's facing off against Cesar Bononi, who is the same same height as him. It's not like squash matches. It's just it's, it's kind of putting over Wardlow more. The fans are behind him. The second he grabbed uh, Cesar Bononi in that power bomb, people started going nuts for it. So Wardlow gets the victory. Afterwards, Sean Spears comes to get, comes in to try to swing the steel chair, and Wardlow grabs it. And they have a nice little face-off. And, you know, Excalibur said that, you know, in my mind, this is a long time coming. Because you could say Sean Spears is chasing the hug off of Wardlow being so over by by trying to beat up everybody behind his back. So, that's that. You did have a backstage segment, though, after this, saying, you know, uh, MJF coming up to Wardlow saying, you know, if you win the Face of the Revolution ladder match, you can keep the title shot. He's like, you know, but you're not going to win it. And Wardlow then comes, yeah, because I'm I'm protecting your butt to something to that nature. And Max gets in his face and slaps him and says he works for him. He's going to put his family out. He's he said that from time to time. But now I feel like this could add maybe a Wardlow interruption in the dog collar match, which is, you know, which is big. This is a big match for him. This is a big match for CM Punk. This is a dog collar match. We speak about it on later in the show. Next up, you have in your main event trios action. I know I missed I missed some promos in there, and I apologize. But by the way, the Jade Cargill, uh, Tay Conti promo on the back was awesome. Jade Cargill has it on the microphone, and and Mark Sterling. What, what more can we say about smart Mark Sterling? Um, saying that you know if she touches her beforehand, she is not getting a title shot. So very cool, a nice little thing to kind of bring that into play on. Um, to kind of hype that match up on Dynamite by doing a backstage promo. But main event, uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole pick up the victory over your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Hangman Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Um, I liked in the beginning of this match, again, talking about the purchase of Ring of Honor. In the beginning of the match, Excalibur goes, these guys faced off twice in Ring of Honor. They both won one, so this is the rubber match, which I think is really cool. Again, going to past feuds in Ring of Honor, and they can do that now. And it's very, very cool. Anyway, the match itself highlighted everybody. John Silver is awesome. Alex Reynolds is awesome. I liked Excalibur calling him yours truly, Alex Reynolds, because I don't think they use that much anymore. But at the end of the day... Uh, Adam Cole hit the boom on Alex Reynolds and picks up the victory. Post-match, however, a little scuffle here and there. You have Red Dragon take Adam Page, duct tape him to the ropes, and beat the ever-living heck out of him. Adam Cole then puts the uh, strap on his shoulder as he's duct taped and says, uh, you know, this is mine now. Ends off the show, heals up big and huge. Big way, I thought this was an outstanding dynamite, as I say every single week. My, one of my favorite shows to watch, I, you know, I watch a lot of wrestling. I don't watch a lot of wrestling that's on television. But AEW is con- continually 
showing that they are a great wrestling product. And they set up a lot of great stuff going up for Rampage. You're going to have Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and Andrade El Idolo for the TNT title. Serena Deeb's 5-Minute Challenge, which I'm enjoying. Keith Lee in action. And the face of the revolution qualifying match, your last one. Ethan Page versus Christian Cage. Also, we got to say congratulations to Ethan Page. He's uh, moving to America, living the boyhood dream of uh, the American dream, you could say. So congratulations to him. Um, and that is dynamite for this week um nothing else i really want to talk about right now so we're going to take i'm gonna we who's we i'm gonna take a little break right here and i'm gonna go back in time to wednesday because i'm filming this on friday and we're gonna get the boys in filthy f and casuals on here and we're gonna talk about revolution we're gonna talk about independent wrestling uh and we're gonna do a bunch of fun stuff so until then uh We'll be back on Mark and Avo. Here we got some words from our sponsors at Manscaped. Support for Mark and Avo is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shaved up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. And we're back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Got to give it up to Manscaped. Use, go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS. Save yourself 20%, 10%, I forget what it is. And free shipping. Buy yourself a lawnmower. Buy yourself a weed whacker. Buy yourself uh, some cologne. Yeah, you can shave your face with it. Um, I shave my head with it. When, you know, after a couple of days when I don't pick it, you know, you need to keep it all groomed up and tidy. 
So we are still back here on Chris Show 2.0. And I said I had to bring in some friends. You got to bring in your family. You got to bring in the blood. But I have brought in guys who uh, have brought me on to their podcast before. uh, And they have a fantastic podcast. If you want to listen to a 45-minute promo about Cody Rhodes not being in AEW anymore, listen to these guys, the filthy effing casuals, Ryan Doyle, Damian Ellenhouse. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on Marking Out this week. I'm pumped for this. Thanks for having us, bud. That is a uh, that's a true honor and a true distinction to have a – we did it. We did a 45-minute shoot on Cody Rhodes. It was great. But uh, the thing I like the Ladies most Ladies and was, gentlemen. Go for it. Uh, do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the truly most electrifying must listen to podcast in sports entertainment. Welcome to Markin Out. I just want to point out uh, Ryan's name never goes before my own. Just a little uh, sub note for you guys moving forward. So uh, continue. So happy to be here. Uh, can't 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 wait to talk about Cody Rhodes some more. Uh, that's what you brought us on here for, right? I want you to Cody. sing that song again. Come on, Dreadlin! In my soul, FFC on marking out. It doesn't rhyme, but you know, you do what you can. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here. We're talking about wrestling. Um, we're recording this Wednesday night, March 2nd, a night that the, the landscape of professional wrestling changed again. But I want to do a little, little Russell Brunson here. want to kind of like hack into what FFC does here. Um, and I know a big thing on your show when you open your shows is, so what are you drinking? So, gentlemen, what are we drinking this evening? Uh, be uh, uh, all right. I have a classic beer for a classic show. I have the Lagunitas IPA. Okay, solid. I was nice. positive it was going to be a Miller Lite. I was so Miller sure. Light. I had Coors Miller Light in, in the fridge. And I was like, no, no, no laziness for marking out. I have to I would have. Uh, I would appreciate a PBR. Game. Of course, the official uh, beer of pro wrestling now. Yeah, yes. that's it. Of life. Uh, I also brought a classic on because me and Ryan obviously coordinated this. I have the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So we're both rocking just some uh, some well-liked, time-honored, traditional pale ales. That's it. So I went a little funky this evening. Um, I have brought, I'm a fan of the monkeys. I mean the, the band too, but also I brought victory's berry monkey, Ooh, their new berry addition, monkey, huh? their new addition to the monkey family. I feel like they did like an experimental of this a couple of years ago and I had it and I really loved it. Um, so I saw this in the beer distributor. I picked it up. Uh, it's a fruited triple sour, 9.5%. So this is going to get, this podcast is going to get real weird, real quick. <laughs> Sours so, always take you there, bud. So as as you as you guys say, we crack, we sniff, we enjoy. So uh, here we go. Let's do, let's do this. So there we go. And uh, as I did on your podcast, I'm a pourer, so I'm gonna pour this bad boy out. I will pour into my throat. That's it. Cheers, cheers to professional wrestling. Absolutely, cheers. never Absolutely. a better time. Absolutely. Uh, this is also coming on the back of, uh, I went to the oldest bar in New York city, McSorley's earlier. So that was a, a grand old time. You McSorley didn't get your butt kicked. Oh, I, I, you know what? I, I walked in and I was able to escape with butt intact. Although I ordered like eight 
tiny beers for my friend and I, and he took a little bit and then they looked over at me and were like, uh, are you waiting for like a bell to ring? And I was like, no, 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 I'm waiting for a friend. And he's like, all right, well, he'll live. And I was like, okay, sir, I'll, I'll start drinking this now. I'm sorry. So, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, you got a lot so- of Taurus coming in. <laughs> all right, come on, come on, get it, get it moving. I also have before we start. So Wednesday nights is like my night. I sit on the couch. I'll drink a little bit of whiskey. I'll drink a little bit of beers. So I have Slipknot's uh, number nine uh, whiskey here on the rocks too. Uh, How is that? I saw that. It's not bad. Mm. I mean, it makes it, it's not a, a sipping whiskey. It's more of a like you can make a pretty good cocktail with it. Nice. Okay. I've made, I've made a Manhattan with it, but that. I guess you can't call it a Manhattan. You have to call it like an Iowan. <laughs> a, uh, a Des Moines. I, a Des Moines. There we go. Yeah, a, Do- a Des Moines. There you go. Instead oh, of like the little sour cherry that you put in Manhattan, you just put like a, a like piece of corn, a couple, couple of nibs of corn. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you splash it with some fake, uh, some, some Fago. <laughs> do they, do they cross Fago territory? I guess. Uh... I feel like Slipknot and ICP must have a crossover. There's no way they're not boys, right? And the well, I don't know. ICP's yeah. like a weird, they're like a weird death cult. Uh, and Slipknot's, you know, Corey Taylor. We're so serious know. clowns, okay? We are not. We are not <laughs> fake clowns. Well, we don't I mean, do they, jokey clowns. They have the gathering of the Juggalos every year, and they have like what that's called, like flashlight wrestling, where it's like yeah. it's at three o'clock in the morning, and the only lights they have are everybody holding flashlights out of the ring. I think Cabana, oh, crazy, Cabana, did a like documentary style podcast about like his experience. This had to have been like ten years ago. Of like he would walk around with his like you know his Zoom recorder and be like oh yeah I'm here and then he'd interview people while like he was at the gathering of the Juggalos wild I have to, I have to find it because I think it was on his like main feed of uh, of the art of wrestling so um, but as I said earlier huge 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 night in professional wrestling the rumors have been swirling Tony Khan is supposed to make a huge announcement at some point people are like oh yeah Cody Rhodes is coming back oh yeah <laughs> Shane McMahon's coming into AEW <laughs> Tony Khan opened up AEW Dynamite saying you know he's very appreciative of all the fans and you know there was another promotion 17 years ago that he had a lot of honor for and that was Ring of Honor and he announced that he has purchased Ring of Honor. Everything. He has purchased the video catalog. He has purchased them going forward. So it looks like Ring of Honor is going to go forward. They have their super card of honor that's coming up WrestleMania weekend. We're going to talk about everything that's kind of going on around WrestleMania weekend a little bit later in the show because things are really starting to heat up. But going forward, do you think, like, let's talk about this. This is huge. Like, there has never been another company that's bought another company since WWE bought WCW wild this is absolutely true and you know i this is a moment where i feel a teensy bit bad because it was reported it was leaked a little bit earlier from like sean ross sap and and nuts daddy that like this is probably what the announcement was but nonetheless yeah this is we talked uh on our show about you know how AEW's changed the landscape and how Cody Rhodes and and the elite helped change the landscape and this is another thing just another feather in the cap. Um, I hate a monopoly, but I love the idea that Ring of Honor will not be owned by like Sinclair Media and will be owned by a wrestling fan proper. Uh, my only concern is I hope it doesn't become like a subdivision of AEW, but otherwise. This is a huge deal, a huge win for wrestling fans. So much Ring of Honor content has been lost to the annals of time and just not on the video library. So a huge deal for everybody involved. Ryan? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as I was explaining to Sweeney earlier that this only fortifies their catalog necessary to get onto a streaming platform. I know. Now there's the talks that, you know, uh, we've, uh, you know, we're not doing live tweeting this evening on our AEW hating Twitter accounts, uh, which Brandon is not going to like me saying that, but you know, it's like HBO max is now the, what might be the go-to for ring of honor and AEW going forward. Um, right. And, I think also, me and Damien touched upon this last week. Now you just extend the lore of AEW. Like, Ring of Honor is now canon. Uh, All In is now canon, you know? And we were talking about, like, the awkward bridge that there was because uh, in our Cody discussion last week, we mentioned how Ring of Honor, you know, before AEW, like, Ring of Honor is supposed to be the heir apparent to, like, the quote-unquote second Fed. Yes. And... Now they can make a true bridge to that. And like Damien mentioned, like all that Bob Backlund. Great. Sorry. All that great. Uh, it's fine. I'll just Bob Backlund it. Got it. All that great um, matches that came out of the early 2000s, you know, that amazing era. You know, we talked about multiple times about that itinerary, that roster from like circa 2008 of all the young and established stars that were on the card. Uh, absolutely incredible. Even like before that, like, I was at Brian Danielson's last Ring of Honor show, him versus Nigel McGuinness. That match was incredible. You know, you have the the feuds with Cabana and Homicide, uh, CM Punk, and like that trio of matches, the CM Punk Samoa Joe matches that have gone down in war over like the annals of professional wrestling history will so, will see the light of day on some sort of streaming platform. Will it be HBO Max? I'm hoping so because I out of all the streaming services I have, you know, that's my second favorite. Number one's IWTV. Um, because, and like to have that, that library in there, it's, you know, you could say it's a wet dream for, you know, any wrestling fan that isn't part of the WWE product. Right. So, and, and, and like, like Ryan said, it's uh, the lore, I feel like is such an important thing here because not that AEW tap dances around wrestlers histories but you know you, you're never quite sure what they're gonna bring up and now everything brian danielson has done uh, aside from wwe completely canon everything cm punk has done everything uh that samoa joe has like you can now mention people that might even be contracted to other places and that's that's such a huge deal and uh for anybody that doesn't listen to our show and for the people that do listen to our show, uh, sorry about this. I, I am an unapologetic fan of this. Uh, Ring of Honor is very much like the uh, Piroresu Gaijin Company. The pure rules are fashioned in a lot of ways off of Japanese wrestling conventions. And so Ring of Honor is something that I discovered a little later on past TNA, past WWE and WCW. But once I like found it and watched it, I fell in love. And as Ryan mentioned, probably the biggest thing here is all in now is officially, officially AW canon. Uh, and the fact that we will at some point be able to watch that is a huge get. Cause I myself have never gotten to see it. And I I'm so wow, excited. For that. Really? I have not never seen the whole show either. That the, and I, I said the women's four way match in on that event, maybe want to stand up 
matches of that of that entire event. Chelsea Green, Britt Baker, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I forget who the fourth was. Deanna. Yes. Right. Brah. I mean, you had this conversation the other night over text messaging about Deanna Perazzo and how good she is. She's mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor Women's Champion right now. And yes. she's working in Impact. Want to talk about the Forbidden Door, you know, brother? That Forbidden Door has been taken off its hinges and just thrown in the dumpster because it's now you have the ROH Women's Champion working in Impact that's owned by AEW. Now, now the question is now, now, now the the, the smart marks out there are going. When is New Japan going to get involved? Mm-hmm. Especially you, Damien, being a big New Japan fan, it's like okay, now this is happening. Now, when's the door really? When when's the garage door going to be open? When's TK going to hit that garage door opener? Beep boop, boop, and just open the entire thing. It's inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable. Especially like now that Ring of, and Ring of Honor crossing over with Impact with like Jonathan Gresham uh, defending the championship on Impact with Honor No More being in the main event spot. Matt Taven. Of all Bob Backlund people yep. I'll, I'll being <laughs> uh, Matt Taven be and uh, what's her name Maria Canales being in like the main event of Impact. Everything is open. New Japan and Ring of Honor had a good working relationship, destroyed a little bit after the Elite left, but then them gaining of all things a working relationship with Impact. Like you said, it's. I have to think it's a matter of time. Some speculation was that this big announcement was going to be a super card, but for once, uh, Tony Khan delivers on his big announcement, and I really do think it's just as soon as the borders open up and everything, and we're year gearing towards uh, G1 season, the New Japan Cup just starting, we're going to see something. I'm confident. Yeah, and yeah, this was the that was the first thing on. Revolution Week because AEW's got a stacked lineup. Today they have, you know, we're recording Wednesday night, Dynamite tonight. Thursday night they're doing house shows in, I want to say, Orlando. Then they're doing a rampage in Orlando. Then Saturday they're doing more tapings. And then Sunday is Revolution, which is why I brought you guys here. Um, AEW Revolution is going to be live in Orlando Sunday night. And I'm marking out whenever there's a big pay per view. We like to do predictions and we like to, you know, kind of. Bet against each other, you can say. Um, so I want to run down the card, run down all the storylines in it, and, uh, you know, kind of see every, who everybody thinks. And then next week when, uh, when we pop in the show, we can see uh, who won. And then we can use that against each other. So Awesome. And you guys can use, and you guys can use that in your, on your show. You, you can say, hey, I beat Chris. <laughs> there we go. Suck it. So we'll start off with the TBS Championship. Maybe one of the most improving wrestlers on the cards, Jade Cargill with her outstanding manager, smart Mark Sterling uh, facing off against uh, Ty Conti. Um, I don't see Jade Cargill losing here. So I'm saying that Jade Cargill is going to uh, keep TBS championship. You know, I, I like the fact that she said last week on uh, dynamite, she goes, who's next. She goes, nah, not who's next. Who's left is the question. So I'm saying Jade on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Jade, too. Um, I've been a big fan of Jade. You know, I know she's getting a little flack because she was just a little green, but her character is awesome. She's really giving off some, like, real, like, 99 China vibes. Uh, And, you know, I heard she's working with Daniel Bryan. You know, I think she has the back of a lot of people there. And, you know, I'm all for – we're all for new established uh, women's wrestlers in AEW. Um, 
there, there's not enough focus given to them. You know, you have that one main storyline every month and then maybe here and there Serena Deep has her weekly challenge or you have, you know, something going on with Chris Statlander and the best friends. But I feel like, you know, they don't get enough uh, deserving shine and they certainly have the roster to do it. But uh, yeah, uh, no disrespect to Tag Conti. Um, you know, I saw a thread on Squared Circle this week of who who has approved the most out of non AEW non WWE like roster releases and Cardona was the obvious answer but also I think for the women Ty Conti is definitely the most improved who is kind of just you know lost in the annals of NXT and uh, is certainly rising up to be one of the uh, hottest women stars right now so but I don't think it's her time I think Jay Cargill is eventually going to carry this probably a good bet for me would be to uh, at double or nothing she'll have a surprise guest maybe. Maybe Deanna Perrazzo, uh, someone to take it away from, but I think I, she's going to hold her for another couple of weeks. I feel like All Out would probably be like the best bet for a surprise person because yeah. that's the, that's their like quote unquote WrestleMania of uh, you know the, of the of their big four. So, uh, Damien, yourself, I I agree with you too. Uh, I, I I like Ty Conti, and I count myself among one of those people that uh, Jade didn't quite hit on immediate impact. Um, I respected what they were trying to do with her, but she was definitely in my regards, a little green for the position they were putting her in. But uh, to her credit, you know, she said she worked a lot with Cody and she she's put in the work. She's not someone that's just there to, I mean, a lot of comparisons are between her and Goldberg. And I think a huge difference there with full respects to Goldberg is Jade, wants to be a good wrestler and she wants to not just do squash matches. Uh, I think she had a match against Layla Hirsch a couple weeks ago where she pulled out this like incredible, Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't on Layla Hirsch. It was on AQA, I believe her name was. Okay. Um, she had like an open challenge and she had this incredible like tour of the island yes. into jaded that I was, I was floored at. It was so smooth and powerful. So yeah, I agree. You're trying to build up a championship. Uh, I love Ty Conti. I think she's definitely one of the most improved the last couple of years, but it's not Jade's time to lose. Whoever is going to be that first loss, it's going to be a huge deal. So I'm, I'm team Jade on this team Jade, not just because her, she has one of the best managers in the business. Who I told that to, to his face. I said, you are the reason Jade's successful. And he looked at me and he said, you're right. And he is right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, sidebar, Sweeney. Uh, we went up separately to Cardona and say, hey, I know Sweeney. He's like, God damn it. Everyone oh, I text. I, I told Sweeney right after. <laughs> I was very shameless about it. I know. I you know and when I introduced you guys on the show, I was going to be like, these two guys, you know, if they chase in the hug, uh, you know, off of Cardona is going to get them some clout. But hey, listen, <laughs> like I, I sent out a tweet tonight saying, you know, because Christopher Daniels wrestled the first match and I spoke about it earlier on the show wrestled the first match and he's fallen angel that was my backyard gimmick in you know bcw and nice. wcw where we wrestled so i sent out this tweet saying oh hey they're all chanting for me i all of a sudden i'm sitting there i just look and like matt cardona retweets your tweet i'm like listen, hell yeah I, listen i i could show you wtw the magazine over here and show you uh, you know who, <laughs> how much he thinks of me but listen that's you know 18 years he ago. said it himself for what it's worth he uh when i when i was like hey you know i love things like writer blah 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 intercontinental championship boyhood dream but i was like uh we were like you know we we know chris sweeney and you know we had him on the podcast and the first thing he said is sweeney yeah man that's that's like one of the ogs man backyard wrestling is one of the one of the the first people there so he 
he puts you over without anybody needing to mention it. That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll put, and we, and it wouldn't be an episode of Mark and Adam if we didn't put him over to the tilt. And we'll talk about him in a little bit because, you know, now he's Broski six belts. Anyway, you got a trios Atomico match with Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy, the AFHO, facing off against Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy. Babyface is going to go over. I'm going to say Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy. This, you know, really, it, it, you're going to see this disintegration between the AAF, whatever, the ASA, ASS, whatever. I can't even say it, but yeah. So the A said the, yeah. Yeah. You're going to see this disintegration until Matt Hardy finally splinters away and Jeff Hardy comes into AEW. So that's my thing. Yeah. I think it's ultimately leading, uh, leading to that. Um, kind of like why? Like, Sorry, Sammy Guevara had such a titular match against Cody for the TNT belt. Why is he not defending the TNT belt on this on this pay per view? I guess like you know, it's just to give him a little sidebar. Anyway, just just a quick note. Because I, I think I he's know. waiting like for whoever's going to coming win off the face a very of the strong match. And now he's, yeah, the he's... face of the revolution match is like they want to highlight who's in that, so they don't want to give Sammy a TNT title match. I also think, frankly, Sammy being surrounded by a bunch of people who are, frankly, more charismatic than him is probably not a bad thing. And, I love uh, Sammy. No, that's super over. Ring, but Small girl. Exactly. Small girl. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, Andrade, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassie, just like a thrown together trio. It's, it's going to clearly lead to hopefully Hardy Boys coming back, um, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's just a safe assumption that you know, you'll get a you'll get a good face win here. Yeah, no surprise here. I'll 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 do a sidebar bet and say that it will be Sammy doing the 450, followed by Darby across the ring hitting a coffin drop on Matt Hardy for the win. Or maybe that's like my, a stereo 450 coffin drop. Yeah, that's that's my prediction for the finish. But it's sting yeah. just doing like the, the points, just going like yeah, yeah, yeah. it does a little <laughs> thing. So get a couple stinger splashes. Yeah, nothing more to be said here. Baby faces are going over. That's what we're building to. That's what we're building to. Next up, we have the AEW Take Team Championship match. Jurassic Express will be defending their titles against the winners of the first Battle Royal, and that being Red Dragon, and then the winners of the second Battle Royal, which happened this evening, which is the Young Bucks, which, like, I did all of my notes at, like, 6.45 this evening. I'm, like, I'm typing up, I'm, like, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. I'm, like, it's definitely going to be the Bucks because you've seen this storyline involved with Adam Cole Red Dragon, Young Bucks, the, like the disintegration between the the super duper elite, whatever they're calling it. Um, I'm gonna throw one out here. I'm gonna say Red Dragons win the win the win the straps here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that as well. Um, if I like, it's awesome. It's awesome that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus won, but I think they only won because uh, Phoenix got hurt. If I'm correct, so yes. I think you know, obviously they, I, they were gonna get eventually, but I think that you know they had a nice run as bridge champions, but they're clearly alluding to uh, some infighting between the elite and maybe even a young bucks face turn at this point, but who knows? I think, you know, they are the obvious choice for whenever the Hardy boys do come back. Yeah. Not trying to look too far ahead here, but uh, yeah, red dragon, you know, you got to capitalize on these guys, especially Kyle O'Reilly coming back in no disrespect to Bobby fish. I mean, the, both of them, you got to capitalize on them coming in. Uh, so it's, it's a good way to establish them as tag team champions. Uh, not to be taken lightly, they're not going to be a bridge champion right away, but um, definitely two individuals that, you know, deserve some shine right now and will set up uh, a great storyline in the future. Sure. 
for sure. Uh, Damien? Uh, yeah, I, so I will disagree only because I feel that after having a kind of shortened reign from the Lucha Bros, I'm not sure they want to immediately take the titles off of Jurassic Express. What I'm going to guess happens here is the Young Bucks hit like the Meltzer driver. They hit, you know, uh, more bang for your buck, whatever. They, or, you know, you know no, they're going to hit the golden trigger on somebody. They're going to go for the pin. Red Dragon's going to break it up. And that is going to result in Jurassic Express getting either like a flash pin or something or, or Jungle Boy tapping like Bobby Fish or one of the Jacksons out. Because I think what they want to do here is they want to keep the titles on Jurassic Express to make sure that the tag title division is built up while continuing to simmer between Red Dragon and the Bucks. That being said, if Jurassic Express was not going to win, I would definitely say it's going to be Red Dragon over the Bucks. Because uh, either way, that's the story they want to tell you is the division between the elite and not undisputed era. Uh, so I'm going to say Jurassic Express, but I think Red Dragon will cost the Bucks the win in it. Okay. Furthering the storyline. I think so. Down the road, you can get the, the one-on-one match between these guys or return to mm-hmm. you know, some, it, some, uh, some juniors tag team action. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but just excited to see Red Dragon, you know, as a tag team. It really was few and far between you got to see in NXT Red Dragon proper instead of like Future Shock or, you know, Kyle and, and Roddy. So just just glad to see them as Red Dragon either way. Very yeah, cool. Absolutely. Very cool. I'm uh, also excited that, you know, you have two. Bob Backlund. Amazing team. Sorry. Two amazing teams. <laughs> two amazing teams coming out. And Jurassic Express really shines when they're in just the ring with 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 two teams of absolute class. And Absolutely. that's when they are the best. And that's when they really come out. That's when a Jungle Jack gives you that that power that's really within him. He's he reminds me of like Gohan right before he turned Super Saiyan 2. You know, oh yes, wow. yeah, man. There we go. Yeah, no, I I feel that a little bit of uh needing to come out of the shell. Somebody needs to get hurt for him to power up. I love that, and I will agree. Luchasaurus doesn't really shine as a singles wrestler or even a straight tag team, but when he has a couple of people that he can beat up on, I think that's when he looks his strongest. So I I agree with that a hundred percent. Next up, we have a match that is just all about violence. Brian Danielson will be facing off against John Moxley. Brian Danielson wants to team with John Moxley. They he wants to have this new stable of him, Lee Moriarty, Wheeler, Yuta. I mean, John Moxley says straight up, "Hey, listen, we're gonna team. We're gonna fight first. Um, I I'm really undecided on this one, but I'm gonna say Brian Danielson because I think it would kind of hurt Brian Danielson and his quest for you know making this." awesome stable we've seen these outstanding matches that he's had with lee moriarty um last week he, who did he face against last week i forget daniel garcia yes. daniel garcia like it would kind of ruin his quest to have this great stable i know AEW has a lot of stables they have a lot of trios but this you can kind of back this with brian danielson so i'm gonna say brian danielson on this one i'm gonna go moxley okay 
but uh, not because, like I could see that too, just because like yeah, after everything that John Moxley's through, you kind of have to put him over in his first big feud back. Exactly, and it's not necessarily going to hurt Daniel Bryan. Uh, I mean, if he's going to have his first nope. loss against, sorry. Uh, by the I way, it's Sunni, back on, on that too. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on the show, I do not rest. I do not reference any wrestlers to their current name. It's always WWE name only. So that's just something I have to work on. Brandon, <laughs> our, our Brandon, Brandon, my other host is the same way too. Yeah. Like, Brian Ryan, just, Ryan's a Raw mark. So if you if I, you I'm showed up on Raw, is that that's what you are? I'm a recovering WWE holic. So <laughs> give, me, give me time. Give me time. But yeah, no, best way to capitalize on Moxley's big return. And I think to help the storyline along, you know, I could totally see uh, Moxley getting one over on Daniel Bryan. And he's not mad. He's like, I could see him like maniacally smiling in the ring. And then like, yeah, it's like, you know, I, I'm my quest is to further get you on a tag team. And, you know, Brian's clearly playing a heel right now, but I, he's, he kind of has like the tweener energy. Oh, it was great when he was in the ring with, with uh, Daniels earlier. And he's just like, oh, in Ring of Honor, we shook hands after every match. So I want to congratulate Christopher Daniels. And like everybody's giving a golf clap as like he's holding his lifeless hand in the ring. And just very funny to me. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, could def- I could totally see Moxley going over and it's not going to hurt Daniel Bryan in the least. You know, I I am also undecided on this because this really boils down to what do they want to do with John Moxley before Mox went and took care of business. He was very clearly or pretty clearly going towards a heel turn or at least just being like a maybe a, a turn more to the first iteration of Moxley in AEW where he's it, full unscripted violence. He's not a heel. He's not a face. He's just hurting people. Uh, so if they wanted to continue that in spite of, you know, him coming back, then I feel like they would have Danielson win and Moxley would show the respect and they join up and then we see what happens from there. But if they keep him face, I feel like it might make more sense for him to beat Danielson and like Brian said maybe Brian Danielson gives a wry smile uh with Moxley saving Danielson from 2.0 right uh 2.0 are out and out heels no tweener no nothing they're just they're heels through and through so that does show that maybe they're a little undecided on what they want him to do if I had to I'm gonna say in this moment I'm gonna give it to Moxley I think I from what Chris said, I feel like I have a hard time believing they're not going to put Mox over in his first big feud, but I don't think that necessarily means that they don't team up. I think if Danielson wins, Moxley's going to go more heel. I think if Moxley wins, you might see Danielson go more face. Either way, I really hope they follow through with Danielson leading some sort of stable with like Daniel Garcia or Lee Moriarty or uh, Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Lee Moriarty, one of the most talented people in AEW, and his style worked so well with Danielson. So I, I would love to see that either way. And I've said that I, I said this last week to Brandon. How do you get Wheeler Yuta away from the best friends? Because he's like their young boy. Like, I, what do you get to do? He's like, oh, just randomly, like, oh, hey, here's Wheeler Yuta with Brian Danielson. No, he can't do that. You have to have some sort of weird way to do it. So, um, I mean. We'll, we'll see. 
Well, they're building towards a bloody match. It's going to be a bloody match for sure. And speaking on that for a second, I think they're going to do one of two things back in, in when best friends were still in new Japan and when Trent was still doing, you know, Rapongi vice and Chuck Taylor was there as well. There, the whole storyline was that there was a mole in chaos uh, that was like going to turn on them. And I think this was after it was either after Jay White had already went to Bullet Club or like he was the obvious answer. But the two most likely people that they thought were the mole were Trent or Chucky. Trent has on Twitter repeatedly like he messes with Wheeler Yuta a lot because he feels like Wheeler Yuta just replaced him. Uh, but they could easily go back now that they're in chaos of Chucky being the mole. So I feel like some way that's how they're going to get Wheeler Yuta out of best friends and go to do his own thing. He'll be the mole. I think either Will Uta will be the mole or Chuck Taylor will be the mole and like turn on them or Trent will turn heel and kick out Wheeler Uta because he's like sick of looking at him. Uh, I can't. I can't do that. I, I love the best friends too much. <laughs> Trent, so Trent, on, Trent we, we gave Trent a Mark and Out shirt at an NYWC show one time. Nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we wore it. I, he has a pic- we have a picture of it. It's great. I can see Trent doing that too just because Rocky Romero, I think it's going to show up a little more. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's having an unbelievable run? Oh yeah! Oh my God! On New Japan Strong, on on Impact, on AEW, Rocky's gold. Also, Rocky just recently went for the IWGP Junior Tag Championships with Ryusuke Taguchi uh, in their quest to become the 69th Haha Funny Sex Number uh, Tag Team (laughs) Champions. Which ultimately Taguchi did do with Master Wato, but I digress. It's fine. It's listen. I, I like this stuff. Adding these little things in here, I'm hoping the market fans are appreciating it too. You have a mat uh, a match that has never. I don't. This is a first time ever match. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. If Chris Jericho loses, he's going to shake Eddie Kingston's hands. I am saying Eddie Kingston all the way. What is Jericho? What like? What does Jericho get off of this? Eddie Kingston is so over. You saw that last week on Dynamite, and it's a great way to excel more stars. And I think Jericho is at the point of his career now where he knows that. It's like, I think Jericho said it in interviews that I have, he has so many matches left, and you know, he wants to keep every match that he's going to have special. So, what a better way. This guy, Eddie Kingston, who came in on an open challenge, cut a seething promo on Cody Rhodes. So, essentially, Eddie Kingston is Damian. Seizing promos on Cody Rhodes. You see this and you see what's going on here? You're not Mick Foley. You're Eddie Kingston. Oh. Let me tell you something, sweetie. You come over here. You, you, you come into, you're talking all your big words and you, you, you talk I about don't know who's big Eddie words. Kingston. Come on, who's man. Mick Foley? I got a 990 on my SATs. <laughs> Uh, I will agree because me and Eddie Kingston are the same shape and that makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> all right, there we go. <laughs> uh, so he mentioned me first, so I'm going this first, Ryan. Yeah, fine. Um, All right, fine, fine. I I agree because Kingston has had, I think you got to call it the run of his career. The only other time I can think of is maybe like when he Was won Chicago the championship. Champion? Yeah, exactly. When he became when he was like, champion the, like the white meat baby face. What a great run that yeah. was. That was like, uh, sorry to, to, to digress here, but like 2011 to 2013, maybe some of the best years of Chikara. I don't know. If and you it, pay, pay remind me, who was his who was his big feud that he was he had Interest. his programs? Yes. Yes. Uh, so outside of that, right? AW, he's had an amazing run. I, aside from that, this has got to be his best run. But 
when has the king gotten the win? The only time I can think of is, and Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was he not the person that got the pin at Grand Slam in the Suzuki Goon match? He did, or was yeah. that it, that was him, right? Because mm-hmm. you know New York. But outside of that, I don't think Kingston's ever won his big match. So I really think, and like you said, Chris, what does Jericho have to gain by winning here? Uh, the whole story they're telling is about Jericho holding back the inner circle, and they're breaking up. And I don't see what who get who wins really if Eddie Kingston doesn't win this. I think. Kingston puts this away. Jericho goes back to being a heel and like, go, you know, live your life, do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Jericho. But uh, yeah, I'm going Kingston all the way on this. Yeah. AW would be stupid not to have Kingston win. And also the Chekhov's gun of the story, the big match Jericho alluded to that in his promo many times. So, you know, I feel like that isn't mentioned unless it's going to set up something to obviously happen later on in the story. That being said, Kingston has got to step it the fuck up here. You know, I don't think, one. sorry. <laughs> it's live. Jericho is going to have to do all this. Come on. <laughs> Kingston's going to have to step it up here. And, you know, uh, it's not Chris Jericho 2002. It's not even Chris Jericho 2016 but he's going to make him work for that win. And it's just going to make Kingston look that much better. Uh, you know, someone that's not necessarily B tier that he can get a win over. Uh, it's a definitive person who'll have a win over because I don't know what the path lies ahead for Kingston. Uh, but, you know, when you have someone of his stature, someone of his character, someone in his position in the company, you, if you're not going to give them the big one, you have to give them like certain accolades here for, to make sure that, you know, as long as their time is within the company, you know, they can say this, they could say that, you know, things not necessarily besides the belt. Uh, so, yeah, Kingston makes the most sense here. Going to be interesting to see where it goes from here for him. And, you know, like Jericho doesn't need it. What else does he need? It, it, it was interesting that he mentioned last week that, you know, I am numero uno in AEW, and he's kind of right, you know. I'm, he's not the gatekeeper. I think, he, I think he wants to be that character in AEW. But, yeah, people forget he's still Chris Jericho. So, yeah, but Kingston all the way on this one. You know who's numero, numero uno? God's hate is numero uno in oh, yeah. violence. No, Brody King is not on any of these matches. It'd be pretty cool if he was, though. Um, but next up, we have the face of the revolution ladder match. You have Keith Lee, Wardlow, Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and somebody else that has not been determined yet via recording time. Um, a lot of big meaty men in this match, as I said last week, if you've ever watched that New Day promo uh, with uh, Big E. Um, but I'm saying Wardlow's winning this. They're, they, they're seeding the story with the dissension between Wardlow and MJF. It was on on AEW Dynamite this evening. Um, but I'm thinking Wardlow. You know, I know MJF is like, oh, when you win, you're going to give me the uh, the shot at the TNC title. I don't think Wardlow's doing it. This is the time to turn Wardlow babyface. I'm about it. I'm a big Wardlow mark. So Wardlow all the way. Yes, okay. I'm writing it down on a pen and paper. Let me give you three individuals, and let me see if your answer still stands. 
the first individual to be announced. Chris Hero. Okay. Well, second individual. If you're talking about who you think is going to be introduced, I think it's going to be either Ethan Page or Kristen Cage. I don't know if it's like a not necessarily returning review. Let's I, play. I don't think so, but, but, but think, go no, ahead, but, but, go but, but, ahead but, anyway. Why not? But like, yeah. la- but last year in the face of the Revolution ladder match, who was one of the guys, who was the one guy that was introduced? Ethan, Ethan Page. Page, right? Yep, very true, very true. So no, go on, Ryan. You're 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 right. Well, maybe it's not going to be, uh, you know, someone huge, but if it was three individuals, I'd be interested to see what your answer would be, and that was going to be Chris Hero, Cesaro, or Samojo. All I only say that just because of the news tonight, and maybe they want to have a nice tie-in. But, you know, thinking about it even more, it's probably going to be, not be someone incredibly huge. But I think that having that mystery, if they didn't, weren't going to do something crazy, I feel like they wouldn't have a mystery guy. Maybe it's Scorpio Sky. True. Yeah, he's, he talked about how he's undefeated. He wants to get into that face of the ladder match. Maybe it's Scorpio Sky who's going to go in there and be a, a two-peat of that match. So I'm still sticking with Wardlow, though. Um. I, so what I'll say is if we were going to go one of those three, uh, if Samoa Joe went anywhere near this match and did not immediately win, then I don't know what the hell we'd be doing here. Do we get Bob Backlund for hell? Do I hell's fine. Hell's fine. Okay, cool, cool. It's a, it's a creation thing. So if Samoa Joe went anywhere near here, yeah, they, cursing they, on they, Ash Wednesday. How <laughs> I know it is. So sorry, so sorry. Uh, but let's assume. And also, I saw a few people on Twitter say Cesaro, and would be cool to see Claudio in AW. But, Grab the brass ring from the top I'd of the ladder. Feel, I'd feel bad for Keith Lee because this would be another like AW announce someone to only then announce somebody else. And like everybody gets lost in the shuffle. Anyway, of the people announced, it's a little tough for me because I feel like the easy answer is, oh, you go Keith Lee's like the new signee, you get him a TNT championship match. But man, Wardlow is over. Wardlow is dumb over right now and he's so good uh but by that same token do you let ricky starks just continue to kind of exist in the lower mid card and the same thing with hobbs a lot of talent in this if you put a gun to my head i think i'd agree with chris and go wardlow but i think let's not count out ricky starks here i love the idea of ricky starks winning and you know, Keith Lee can still lose this match and not necessarily come out bad from it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If Ricky Stark screws over Keith Lee or even Hobbs, if Hobbs screws over Keith Lee, either one of those individuals in a feud with them following this pay-per-view. Oh, is going Keith to Lee be and amazing. Hobbs? Keith Lee and Hobbs, two even, hyper-powerful athletic big men? Oh, yes. And then Keith Lee and Ricky Starks on the mic. I think, you know, I'm very excited for, for if that's going to be set up. Why you want to hear you want to hear the rock versus Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Who uh who who was it last week that made fun of uh was it Ricky? Yeah, it was Ricky Starks. He yeah, Keith Lee, Keith, Keith, Lee? Keith Lee and Ricky Starks have a lot of history going back from you know Texas independent wrestling. Yeah, so that's Keith great. Lee's Keith Lee's kind of promo and Ricky Starks. Oh, hello there, Keith Lee. How's it going? <laughs> Not many individuals have done this during my time of wrestling, but the first time I saw Ricky Starks on uh nwa power first moment first promo i ever heard from him, i was like he he has it yeah, he has it i, saw I do agree yeah 
I agree. I did have to stop myself there. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to think about it for a second. Wait, no, no. Or maybe the mystery person will be Danhausen. Maybe Danhausen's clear oh to wrestle. God, oh, yes. give me Danhausen <laughs> winning the ladder match. Yes, a thousand times. Yes, I doesn't do my anything answer. the Can entire match, answer? but looks around and then just climbs at the end and <laughs> grabs the ring. Just curses every, Yeah. You want to know how? You want to know how over Danhausen is? My five-year-old daughter like knows who Danhausen is. Like she'll she'll like watch wrestling and like they know that I do marketing out and stuff like that. But she's like, when she one day I'm sitting there, she's like, Daddy got a knock knock joke. I'm like, knock knock. I'm like, what's who's there? She goes, Danhausen. I'm like, I had to stop. I'm like, did I'm like, what? Danhausen? She's like, yeah, Danhausen. I'm like, okay, cool. That's how over you. It's been six when a five year old who knows nothing about professional wrestling knows the name Danhausen. So what was the punchline? That it's a five year old joke. There is no punchline. Oh. <laughs> oh, she just said Danhausen. I was like, okay. Have you guys seen so the video of him that. trying to make hook corpse? Ah. Danhausen's walking through the cafeteria and like Hook's just sitting at a table eating Fritos or something like that. Oh, and then, then he just gives Dan him more chips. Like, oh, he's like, how about the chip for every day? And then Hook <laughs> is just like. It's so good. <laughs> His YouTube channel is like, if I'm having a, a rough day, I'll just I'll sit there. My wife's like, "What are you doing? Watch, watching Dan House's videos?" She goes, "Okay, I'm going to bed. Good night." I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, speaking of things you can't curse on, what was the Dan Housen thing that he did on his vlog where he? It was like he was either supposed to be promised a championship or something, and he didn't get it, and then he just started going crazy and cursing left and right. <laughs> I can't oh. <laughs> remember what it was, but he was like, I think it was like he was supposed to be inserted into a match, and he was like. It's not Danhausen. Why is it not Danhausen? And then he just explodes and like I, every step, it just bleeps all over the place. It's hysterical. It was, it was, it was, it was very good. So, Ryan, who are you saying that's gonna win this match? Danhausen? Yeah, you didn't give an answer. Yeah. You said oh, I you did, said I didn't give Samoa an answer. Joe. Well, I was gonna say I can't take just the to be determined. Um I'd love to say power us Hobbs. I don't think it's gonna be him. Uh, but if you I don't will... give an answer in three seconds, your answer is officially going to be Ethan Page. Three, Wardlow. Two, okay. I go Wardlow. I was at Target twice this week, and I saw his action figures just sitting on the shelves. I'm like, do I want to buy this action figure just to put it right <laughs> next to my MJF? I'm like, no, I have to stop myself. Uh, next up, you have the AEW Women's Championship match. Who you can say this is like this is a feud that has gone on. Like I, I say this all the time. AEW has done a very good job of making like very long feuds where Britt Baker is going to defend her AEW Women's Championship against Thunder Rosa. There's a lot of variables that are going to go on outside of the ring. You have Mercedes Martinez, you have JD, Jamie Hager, you have Rebel. Um, I don't think it's Thunder Rosa's time yet, so I'm going to say Britt Baker because I feel like there has to be like a big, it has to be a stipulation match. Like, you know, this all really essentially started a year ago with that unbelievable lights out match on AEW uh, Shamrock Slam or whatever it was called. Shamrock Shake Slam. I'm not too sure, but uh, I'm saying Britt Baker on this one. Broken. There's more, there's more milkshake machine main event. (laughs) There's, there's more story to tell with this. Ryan, you can go first. It's going to be hard not to choose Britt Baker, isn't it? Yeah. It's real hard. It's funny how WWE (laughs) does long-term feuds not necessarily in a good way they're just going to have somebody face off 16 times in the span of five years yeah 
but you are all right about that. There, this has been a long, like, simmering feud for the last year. I, I could see Thunder Rosa winning, though, you know? Absolutely. I can too, but it's like there's so much out. Like, that's the thing. They had that tag team match on Dynamite tonight that I spoke about earlier in the show. So weird that the way that I'm recording the show this week. Um, and there's so many variables on the outside, especially with the, the introduction of Mercedes Martinez last week on Rampage. It's like there it, it, there's going to be some sort of like dusty finish in this. So that's why I'm picking that Baker. So I, I will take the road less traveled and say Thunder Rosa. And the main reason I'm going to say that is not because I think Britt Baker doesn't have legs left in her championship reign, but because the big story, and this is what Britt Baker ran with, is Thunder Rosa won the Lights Out match, but Britt Baker was the one that got the shine. She's the one that gets the shirts about it. She's the one that people remember. Now she's champion. So in a lot of ways, I feel like this could be Thunder Rosa's chance for redemption. Additionally, so like I said, I think her championship reign has more legs to it. But there is a question of like, is the Britt Baker show dominating the women's division to such an extent that it is harming it in some way? And it's not to say Britt Baker is harming the division, but rather uh, the way that they like utilize her and, and everything kind of revolves around her or it doesn't matter a little bit. Now you have the TBS championship, so it's not as big a deal. I kind of feel like infusing some new blood into that championship brain and now having Britt Baker be a big deal regardless while still having the title. I feel like it gives you the opportunity to tell more women's stories and so for that reason, I feel like it might be smart to put the belt on Thunder Rosa, especially Thunder Rosa was one of the first big, I guess, depending on your definition of big crossover stars, right? NWA champion coming in over here, bringing Serena Deeb with her, uh, a really big deal, bringing prestige. And Thunder Rosa was on absolute fire before coming to AEW and then stayed on fire all throughout. For those reasons alone, I think putting the belt on Thunder Rosa makes sense right now. But if Britt wins, I won't be angry at it. And I do think a dusty finish is an entirely likely thing here. But I'd be angry if that did not result in Thunder Rosa winning very soon. Ryan, who'd you say? Did you say Britt too? I said Britt, yeah. Okay, Britt, okay. All right, so let's write jot these old on my hand against your notebook. Uh, next up, you have maybe the feud of feuds. Maybe you could say the feud of the year going in 2022, and that's CM Punk and MJF. And this is going to be in a dog collar match. This is a match that CM Punk has not won, or maybe I I, I forget. We spoke about this last week on the show. Uh, this is a match that has shirts, great shirts on pro wrestling tees, um, shirts with MJF as 11 year old on it. Um, this is a match that I think MJF's winning because I, I've been saying it on the show. I think the next AEW heavyweight champion is going to be MJF, and this is going to catapult him from I beat CM Punk three times because he beat him twice in that one night. He beat CM Punk for a third time, and now he's going to go on to beat Hangman Page. Maybe it's going to be at All Out. Maybe it's going to be at uh, Double or Nothing. We'll see, but I'm my hat is on MJF. Yeah, 
I'm going to go MJF. Um, it's like, what does CM Punk have to like a great, a great way for MJ MJF has been one of the hottest rising stars since yeah. AEW has been on there. And he's kind of like, you know, he got over Jericho. He got over Cody. He hasn't had, you know, he, he had his shot at the AEW title against Moxley, but now is his time to now it put all the chips in the basket here. Let, let's go with MJF. Give him a lengthy, make him the longest running AEW champion. And this is the first step beating CM Punk in the dog collar match. We've seen one dog collar match before this in AEW history. And that was extremely revered against the late, great, bro, great, great, late, great Brody Lee and Damien's favorite wrestler in the entire world who uh, will never come back again. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Diamond Dallas Page. I listen, I'm a big DDPY guy. So like, you want to say your favorite guys, favorite uh, wrestlers, Diamond Dallas Page. I'm all for it. Well, that's who, that's who faced Brody Lee in a dog collar match. I don't, I don't know the other person you're talking about, (laughs) but shoot, shoot him to the moon. When was the last time we saw a dog collar match before this? I think that match. What? That match. Yes. That, but before that, it was was like, before that another one. No, but there was like Raven Mm. versus CM Punk, Jimmy Rave versus CM Punk. Wasn't Eddie Guerrero in a JBL in a dog collar match? That's right. That too. Recently, Toriano and Minoru Suzuki had a dog cage match that involved a dog collar. Uh, they, I also feel like Yano had another dog collar match with somebody else. They have a kennel, kennel and a, a saddle. There was match? a kennel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tricked him into getting into the kennel. Oh, I remember that. I, I, I saw the uh, the backstage promos. All it, was it, was, it, was, it was it was good. Guerrero and JBL had a bull rope match, but I think yeah, um, bull rope matches because like Dustin had a couple of those. But you're right. Yeah, no, now that I'm thinking about it, dog collar matches, yeah, I think it's Brody Cody and then nothing for a while. So yeah, I'm saying MJF, Ryan saying MJF. It's gonna right, be interesting well, to see how they uh they do it though. I, I'm not gonna say double turn, but I'm curious to see if like CM Punk is just gonna be all out exhausted and just you doing whatever he has to do to win. And if it if it comes off bad to the crowd. I don't want to be contrarian here, but I am going to say CM Punk, and here are my reasons. Uh, first off, Chris is 100% right in that MJF, if he is not the next heavyweight champion, he has to be, like, second in line. I, I don't... Adam Page is going to lose it to a heel. That makes... That's probably what's going to happen, and MJF feels like the most likely person for that. With that said, though, from a pure wrestling storytelling standpoint... MJF goes over on CM Punk through nonsense, pins him twice through nonsense, gives this impassioned speech, this truly uh, one of the best promos I've seen in a very, very long time. I think people are talking about it. It's like one of the promos of the millennium. It was an outstanding example of how good promos transcend whatever your character's direction is supposed to be. Uh, it instantly makes the villain have a backstory. It makes them seem sympathetic. It starts making people think maybe they're the good guy. It's it's very well done. The only promo that I feel like I can remember being that good was uh, Cody had a promo. Maybe it was the Jericho one 
where he started like stripping off all of his like clothes and he was like, you want my shirt? Take my shirt. You want my, I don't remember if it was ver- against MJF or Chris Jericho, but it was like the best baby face promo I had seen Cody do ever. But it, anyway, point being, if you have MJF go over on CM Punk legit, do you think that in some way hurts Punk? Do you think you now start telling a story about is Punk washed up? Does he start questioning himself? Is he a heel? So I don't think it's unlikely MJF wins, but I kind of feel like the way AEW tells its stories, MJF will always get over until it's time to truly get over, and then he gets his just desserts. It's that very old-school NWA storytelling way, that very rooted in Southern wrestling way that AEW does. So I'm going to say CM Punk, but I agree with Ryan. I think Punk's going to do some stuff that is not going to resonate well with the crowd. And I do think while MJF stays heel, Punk might start going that way as well after this match. I just want to see a Coco Bana CM Punk match. I'm just waiting for I it. don't know if they could share the ring together. They really hate each know, other. Man. Man. They, they have avoided each other like the plague. I know. I haven't I, seen Colt in AEW in a minute, though. I he's could be been, wrong. He was in Australia doing something for a while, and I know he was he was on last week. Okay. But he's like the, the cheerleader, unfortunately, now. For yeah. The he comes out, he's like, yeah, go, guys. Let's go. Let's go hey, look, anytime you see him, it's cool, but uh, I get it. AEW's crowded, and we love Cole Cabana, but it, is he going to take up main event time or anything? No, no probably he, Well, like, you know, he does age. one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I know that's uh, people are like, wow, that's really. You want DVD? I have the Wrestling Road Diaries, one of the best, uh, one of the best documentaries out there. Uh, but your main event of AEW Revolution is going to be for the World Championship. Your hangman Adam Page will be defending his title against Adam Cole Bebe. Let me ask Ooh. you a question because this is this is a conversation that me and Brandon have a lot on the show when we talk about Adam Page. Do you feel like Adam Page's title reign has really gone nowhere? It's just he's just been there. Oh, I'm the champion. All right, cool. Let me do this. All right, let me do that. All right, now what's next? You know, uh huh. All right, cool. Yes and no. Okay, I'm gonna say yes and no. Uh, but I want to hear Ryan out first. I'm going to say yes. You know, the Lance Archer hangman match had no business being that good. And, you know, there's no clear definitive number one right now in AEW. So if that was the case, like if Kenny was still around and their second match and slap for whatever reason, you know, I don't know what else you expect during this time. That's not, outside of his control. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if Dan, if they're not putting Daniel Bryan in that position, if they're not putting someone else in that position, you know, um, but so, well, sorry, forgive me. I know they have. No, no, no. So you're, so you're saying yes, in that you feel hangman's reign has been good. You're, it's been good. Yeah. You had okay, that. Draw, okay. You had that. Draw with what, Daniel Bryan. Gotcha, I didn't mean, okay, to, I didn't gotcha. mean to phrase it like, no, 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 no. I, I, but I see what you're saying. I just wanted to clarify. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's a yes for me because they like AEW is, they don't have a pay-per-view every month. So he's not getting like a main match every month. I think he's been fine. He's still been memorable. You know, everybody's still rooting for him. It's just that the cover has been so full for the last two months and people's attention has been on Jay White. People's attention have been on Keith Lee, you know, the announcement tonight. So the main focus right now isn't necessarily the heavyweight match. But also, I'm not going to say it's an abject failure. Okay. 
so and in that regard after that well actually you know no so i'll i'll answer that question before we get to predictions i will say so if we're asking the question do we think hangman's reign has been not great i'm gonna say no i think it has been good for the same reasons ryan mentioned i think that that lance archer like lance archer has really reinvented himself since you know the rock leaving action yeah i mean honestly <laughs> he's been great since suzuki goon and since leaving uh uh new japan what's his name that he was with over there uh, uh harry smith davy killer elite squad davy boy yeah, Killer Elite, Killer Elite, Elite exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. So he was good with Killer Elite Squad, and then since coming to AEW, uh, really reinvented himself. He's now the king of the Texas Death Match. That match definitely had no business being that good, and absolutely was. Hangman is putting his body on the line every match he has. Uh, both matches with Brian Danielson, I would rank as some of the best matches AEW's ever put on. Uh, Catch me on the right day. I might tell you that Hangman versus Brian Danielson won the draw is maybe my favorite match. The storytelling is absolutely phenomenal. I think, though, to you and Brandon's point, it's not that his title reign is going nowhere, but rather that he is not the focal point of the shows in the way you would expect the champion to be, especially with Hangman's story. And in that regard, I can agree it's not exactly what you want to live up to. All of his matches have been excellent. I have no doubt this match will be great too. But even this match, Hangman kind of feels like he's the less important part of the story because really what you're interested in is, does Jay White get involved? Does Do the Bucks stop something from happening? Do we get murder vision? So in that respect, I do agree hangman's own defense is not about hangman uh but as far as him as champion he said he wanted to be a fighting champion he has been and i think his match quality has been through the roof for quite a bit now so i'm happy with his reign but i do want to see him get bigger focus and better stories i will agree with that like the next level yes 100 i will agree with that 100 yeah um so i'm saying adam's gonna win this match they're both named Adam. <laughs> no, but I'm saying Adam Page wins this match. Really terrible joke on my part. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I saw it on Reddit earlier. So. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was going to say it. I forgot to. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Adam Page because, and I wasn't, I was thinking Adam Cole the entire day. I was like, I think I got to go with Cole on the podcast tonight. Um, but you guys mentioned it earlier, you know, either I think, the Red Dragon's going to screw over the Bucks to win the tag match, and then the Bucks are going to come out and avenge Adam Page. I think that that would be a. Uh, I don't, would that make Adam Page look weak, though? I don't think so, because uh, I'm going to agree with both. I, I, and honestly, I think this is the easiest one of the night. Adam Page's reign is not ending now, and it's it, it's not to say Adam Cole should not be a champion, but it's not ending now. Not this soon. Not to Adam Cole. Uh, I feel like. I could, I, I, I feel like Jay White is definitely going to show up. Um, I, feel I feel like he's too, com- inv- I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I feel like he's now t- kind of too invested with impact storylines with you know, last week with no surrender, the bullet club essentially reforming in impact with Gallows Anderson now switchblade and Chris Bay. Um, 
I feel like kicking out the Tongans. I know. Kicking out the Tongans. Uh, But what I will say to that is Jay White's character has shown he always has a plan for everything. There's a reason Jay White kicked out the Tongans and brought back Gallows and Anderson. And I think a lot of it is spite to Kenny Omega. Now, of course, the Tongans did like the, the firing squad. They kicked out Kenny at a bullet club. But what I'll say is Jay White has no problem being involved in Impact and New Japan Strong in here. They, I think that A, Adam Page and Jay White, uh, they've got history from their IWGP US Championship match when Jay White was still in chaos after he won it off of Kenny Omega. And that kind of started the storyline of, of people saying, hey man, wasn't good enough. He's a jobber in Ring of Honor. Nobody cares about you. But also, this also, is he was a young boy when, Adam- he was in, when he was in ROH, if I'm not mistaken, right? He did that. He, he was, but by the... By the time he jo- he had that match with Jay White, he was a member of Bullet Club. Okay. So he was like a young boy. He was a jobber, but then he became a member of Bullet Club. And he became but Switchblade. Everybody kind of, yeah, everybody dismissed him until he had that uh, G1 match with Suzuki that was incredible. And Tanahashi was like, Hangman is something special. I'm going to hold on to him. But this is all leading to Adam Cole's revenge on Kenny Omega. And that's why I think Jay White gets involved. Like Ryan said, I feel like I could see the Bucks stopping something from happening to helps further that story. But this is Adam page is Adam page all the way, whatever happens after that is gravy. Yep. Also with Jay white, I think like if Tony comes up to him and says, Hey pal, we're going to put you in the main event. Not that he would screw over impact, but I think he would tell impact like you got to wait. He's not an impact. He's not a contracted impact talent. That's true. He's He's a contracted new Japan talent. It's the, it's the U S of J tour going on right now. He's everywhere and anywhere. Also, did you see his match with Christopher Daniels? That was the best I've seen Christopher Daniels in a decade. Easily. Oh, he still has it, man. He no, but it. this was like after his last one with AEW, I was like, oh, maybe he's watching. And he did came back as the fallen angel and had that match with Jan. I was like, nope, still got it. Very good. Yeah. Listen, when you when you when you share a nickname with with Chris Sweeney here, you you, you gotta that's you gotta, right. That's that's the big stuff. That's the also big I stuff. think Daniels just has that understanding of Japanese strong style Poresu too. That yes. like it was gonna smack, it was gonna slap no matter what. What promotion was this? Because I want to try to find it, check it out. It was New Japan Strong. It okay. was the, I want to say the name was Nemesis. It happened in February. They just added it to New Japan World. Okay. It was the main event. So you should, if you like search Jay White or you look at New Japan Strong, you should see it as one of the main events recently. Right. I'll have to go check. And it was out. it was incredible. Uh. Sweeney, are you are we killing you on time right now? Not at all, because we all still right, have, we still have a bunch of indie wrestling to talk about. Very good. I'm liking this. You know, I know why because my opening segment talked about Rampage was eight minutes long. Usually we do a five minute, <laughs> we do a two hour podcast. Oh, perfect. Okay, because if there's one thing me and Ryan are good at, it's uh, jibba jabba. So that's that's what we're here for. No, absolutely, and we're gonna keep jibba jabbing on because that's that's it. That's uh, our predictions for. Uh, AEW Revolution. I want to kind of jump over a little bit because we, uh, you know, we're a month out from the uh, the biggest party of the week, uh, the biggest wrestling weekend of the the year, WrestleMania weekend. I know the reports are coming out this week that you know only half the tickets for both nights are sold. So I'm, I really don't want to talk about it because everybody and anybody comes to wherever WrestleMania is. Everybody and anybody's coming to Dallas, Texas, and one company that has been in the limelight of 
independent wrestling recently has been Game Changer Wrestling. Mm-hmm. They're throwing their own party in Dallas, Texas, and that's the collective. It's going to be from March 31st to April 2nd, three days of just serious wrestling. And they're really starting to like kind of fill up their card here. They're, um, they have all these different events. Josh Barnett hosts Bloodsport, and they have some serious people coming in there. One of your marquee matchups in there is going to be John Moxley facing off against Biff Busick, for, formerly of NXT's Oni Lorcan. That's going to slap real hard. I don't know if you guys saw um, Slade versus Biff Busick from Beyond Wrestling recently. I think I it heard was, it was very good, and I assume that would have been great. Slade is out of his damn mind. Also, fun fact: Bryce scary. Donovan, yeah, Bryce Donovan, uh, our buddy, told us that he is absolutely like that in real life. I think he told us a story that, like, backstage, he just starts curling whatever heavy thing he can find. So, like, he'll just start like curling benches if he's near them. Like, he's just very scary. He's just yeah. always on. Yeah, he's on hundred percent. He's on. Um, yeah, so you have that match. You're going to have Minoru Suzuki, New Japan uh, favorite. It's going to be facing off against Chris Dickinson. This is one of Chris Dickinson's first matches back since he had a catastrophic injury. So what a great way to come back than facing off against Minoru Suzuki. Especially- and they, their match at Bloodsport, if nobody caught it, I think it was Bloodsport 6 or 7, very, very good. Very good. So they've got chemistry. Very, yes, absolutely. A lot of chemistry, uh, but that's that's just one match. They have Planet Death, which is going to be at midnight on Thursday, the 31st, which is essentially taking like the CZW role of like your deathmatch wrestling of the weekend. You're going to have Bam Sullivan on their slate, Akira, Hoodfoot, Reed Bentley. That's going to be awesome. Um, they're really giving it like GCW is giving like a hodgepodge of everything to everybody because they're giving Gringo Loco his own show, which is the world on Lucha. One guy that I think is really going to shine the entire weekend, WrestleMania weekend, is Johnny Drip Drip. John Morrison, John Hedigan, John Impact, John coming over to Chris Sweeney's house for the weekend for some PBRs. Uh, He's going to be on this against Jack Cartwheel, who's a guy that has been in the limelight recently. He's gone viral because of his, you know, his work at PWG. He's been a lot, a lot of PW. He's been a lot of GCW shows. He's going to be facing off against. In this thing, he's being called Johnny Caballero, which I think is cool. You're going to get Pagayo versus Sadika in a Lucha Extrema match. Dragon Kid's going to be on the show. Laredo Kid's going to be on the show. And you could say, like, the focal point of the GCW Collective is Joey Janela's spring break. And just like WrestleMania this week, this year, it's going to be two nights. Your first night is going to have Joey Janela facing off against X-Pac, which kind of stems from their match last week where the two of them beat the the major players in Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, but then Joey Janelle does the heel turn. They try to recreate everybody throwing stuff into the ring like they did at Matt Cardona. You know, it, it didn't go off very well. John did Moxley. beat someone up? Who? Are, are we talking about, like, when they did that with Janela recently? No, J- Janela super kicked X-Pac in the face. Everybody yeah. throws beer cans and bottles in the ring. Then he beat somebody up in the ring in the audience because they threw a beer at him, but then he beat up the wrong person. Apparently. Yes. That's what I heard. Allegedly. You know, the allegedly. classic Ron Artest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. A Ron Artest reference. Um, <laughs> John Moxley is going to be defending his GCW heavyweight championship against AJ Gray, who won the brass ring, who claimed his brass ring 
at the world on GCW, uh, AJ Gray cutting a seething promo on Moxley saying, you know, he respects him, but he doesn't like him. I feel like AJ Gray is going to win this match because I feel like it's kind of his time to shine. Let John Moxley do his AEW stuff. And now that they finally got like the limelight, I don't want to say they finally got the limelight, but now that they got the limelight on GCW, put someone like AJ Gray as your champion. He's your extreme champion right now. Let him have both belts. What I'll say is, so I haven't caught a bunch of AJ Gray, but I know that people have been talking about him a lot. And more to the point of like, you know, the purpose of putting a belt on Mox is you're trying to build someone up because Mox doesn't need a belt to be a big deal. He shows up. It's a huge deal, whether he's a champion or not. So if you're trying to keep the limelight on GCW and keep those good times rolling, then yeah, have a banger of a match, put it on somebody that you might consider a little bit more homegrown and continue to have those crossover appeal matches, especially because, you know, at the rate things are going, I don't know how things look between Joey Janelle and AEW right now, but Hey man, if GCW and AEW continue to get to crossover, it's only good things for GCW. Yeah, I think JCW is in the stage because you mentioned it before. There are a hodgepodge of things, but it's good. They're just throwing whatever at the wall and see if it sticks. And it's working for them because, as we mentioned, you know, there was room in the industry for an AEW. Now there's room for like the premier indie show. Uh, obviously, PWG is still around. I guess they're still the kings, but you know, amongst like Evolve. But they're and- they're in their niche. They're, they're in their niche, in their 100%. And they're establishing themselves well, and there shouldn't be a competition amongst them, but they are, they're doing a really good job on being that uh, premier indie promotion, or at least trying to be. And it's good because you have, you know, it's like, I feel the fuel, like that was all the rage back in between 2013 and 2016. Pre-AEW was, was watching these indie events, seeing what you can grab, because that's where most of these guys yeah. that are featured right now were, were on. So, um, yeah, just in terms of that sense, GCW is doing a really good job and they should be uh, revered for that. American but, uh, wrestling is better when you have a hardcore promotion like GCW, especially because they, a lot like ECW, fill so many roles. You've got Bloodsport, which is this insane, no ropes, half shoot style thing. You've got, you know, uh, more regular GCW where maybe it's a death match. Maybe it's some crazy Lucha stuff a hundred percent. And AEW is great in that indie wrestlers can show up, but ultimately it's a TV product. They will do what's best for TV. GCW will do what they think is the most interesting thing for wrestling and the ability to cross over with megastars like Moxley, like Busick, like Dickinson, Suzuki, being able to, to go against them on a higher tier only benefits everybody. Uh, But I really do think GCW needs to like decide if they're going to rein in their crowds. I get that we love the reigning of trash, but look, it's dangerous. Cardona like feared for his life (laughs) afterwards. Uh, You know, Janelle is beating up people because the wrong thing gets thrown. So that's the only thing I would say about GCW. I love that it feels dangerous. We all love that, you know, complaints about wwe or that it's too sanitized but we do have to like decide do we want to be true outlaw mud show or do we want to like have a smidge more like control over what we do that's the only criticism i think i would levy on gcw right now 
I, you know, you mentioned Bloodsport. I didn't even mention him. John Morrison, John Tripchip. He's he's being called John Hennigan. He's at Bloodsport too. Really? So just straight up John Hennigan. He's John Hennigan. Wow. So we're so on Bloodsport eight. We're getting Mox Busick. We're getting Suzuki Dickinson, and we're getting Johnny Nitro. We're getting John Hennigan. We're also getting Jonah. We're also getting Timothy Thatcher. Oh, that's right. Jonah and Timothy Thatcher. Yes. We're getting Marina Shafir and we're getting Masha Shlamovich. And I will say, uh, I was not a fan of Marina Shafir or Jessamine Duke. I didn't feel like the whole weird horseman of the MMA thing we were doing worked. But Marina Shafir did have a match on Dark that I was able to catch. And she looks miles better than what she did in NXT. Yeah. And in Bloodsport, that's probably the place she would excel. So cool. So cool. Um, one last match I want to mention on night one of Spring Break is we mentioned the Deathmatch Wrestling. This is a match that I don't know if you guys follow Deathmatch Wrestling that much, but this is a match between two of the premier Deathmatch wrestlers. Alex Colon will be defending his ultraviolet championship against the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. This is a match that's been stemming for months. They had a match New Year's Day that ended very abruptly with a gusset plate to the arm. Um, and it didn't look right. I watched it. I, I can do deathmatch wrestling to an extent, but when I see a gusset plate going to his arm and it just pops out and just, you just see blood. I'm just like, yep, nope, done. That's so <laughs> this is going to be a premier match. This is something that I want to see. Uh, I don't want to see the gusset plates, but you know, I'll see. You want to give me tubes? I'll give you a bunch of tubes. Um, and then night two, you're going to get uh, Chris Dickinson again against Matt Cardona. I think we mentioned this earlier. Uh, this was set up last week at the LA show for GCW. Um, Cardona's going to get his butt kicked. I love the guy to death, but against a, a new Japan guy like Chris Dickinson. Big boy. Big, he's a, a big, big boy. Big. I mean, Cardona's a big boy. Like seeing him in person was a little scary, but Dickinson is a big, big, big boy. He's a big beef. And then you get Effie versus Minoru Suzuki. That's going to be great, man. I'm a big fan of Effie. <laughs> Effie did so great with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, that was a dude. I, I was kind of standing a little bit for Jeff Jarrett right there. <laughs> I, it, it, they did a very Southern style match. And I'm so pumped to see what Effie's going to do with Morneau Suzuki now that he looks like Anakin Skywalker from episode two. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it's it's a wild weekend. And I know us, I'm working out, probably talk about it more once it gets a little bit closer. Um, so, anything else you guys want to touch on before uh, we hit to uh, shameless plugs and whatnot? Well, yeah, you for- mentioned, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, real quick. You mentioned Hoodfoot and uh, last week he faced Schlack and I caught that on uh, IWTV. Oh, really? I missed it. It was a great one. match. I've been going back and I've been watching a lot of old CCW, like Cages of Death nice. and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I've got a soft spot for CCW and Deathmatch Wrestling for some reason. Jesus. Yeah. Um, what, um, say, Damien? what I'll say, yeah, what I'll say is so <clears throat> this week, coming up we've got a couple of like cool things happening uh that you can catch in IWTV there are some really cool matches that I saw happening uh on like the week of the 23rd going through real quick I'm trying to find the one that I really wanted to try and oh uh uh, the prestige wrestling show did you watch that Roseland 2 show no, no. Oh, what a show. I spoke about it last week. That match between Taya Valkyrie and Drexel was my match of the week last week. Um, so speaking of Taya Valkyrie, 
the prestige wrestling show apparently which aired uh february 27th you can catch an IWTV, was apparently one of the best indie shows people have seen the main event for the prestige championship was alex shelley versus dalton castle versus tom lawler lawler versus mike bailey which if you haven't seen speedball yet he's showing up on impact right now tom filthy tom lawler of course the uh n JPW strong champion right now, Alex Shelley. We know Alex Shelley. Yes, we do. Uh, and Dalton Castle, someone I'm not super familiar with, but if I'm not mistaken, I bring of honor, ring of ring of honor. Yeah, ring of honor. Ring of honor, former world, ring of honor world heavyweight champion. Um, apparently that match was absolutely insane. Just, just very silly. Uh, but for anyone that like didn't know. Uh, Alex Shelley, that's he's friends with Chris Sabin. That's the Motor City Machine Guns, one of the most legendary tag teams of the past 20 years. But also on that show, PCO versus Calvin Tankman, Chelsea Green versus Delilah Doom, yeah, Drexel versus Vinny Massaro, Taya Valkyrie versus Viva Van, which is when, uh, remind me of her indie name, Ember Moon? Athena. Athena. Yes, that, that match ma- apparently was great, and then Athena comes in afterwards. She, well, that match uh, was set up last week after the Drexel Ty Valkyrie match. Athena came in, interrupted, so it's setting up for a Prestige match next month. And I, I said it last week of the podcast too. Prestige, I think, is going to be one of those indie promotions that you're going to be hearing a lot about because they're bringing in a lot of great talent. Malachi Black versus Davey Richards from the, the Roseland Two yes, Show was outstanding. Yes. And and they're they're based out of the Pacific Northwest, so always great to see a different region of the country excelling at this. Also, Clark Connors versus uh, JTG. I love Clark Connors to death. He's known as the either like the frenzied rhino or charging rhino or wild rhino. But either way, Clark Connors, a recent uh, graduate from the LA Dojo, uh, one of my favorite young lines to graduate. Um, but anyway, uh, on this week coming up, a uh, good friend of the pod, Rex Flawless, will be having a match against Alec Price after he was uh, cheated out of his IW his uh, NYWC championship in a hard-fought triple threat, and then Matt Cardona came in and stole that championship from them, so boo. Broski six belts, baby. Yeah, you, got, um, you got your high school guy? I got my high school guy. Exactly. Well, but little do you know, like back a couple, like a long time ago, Marking Out used to be at every single NYWC show. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So you, so you, you text Rex like right now and say, hey, what do you know about Marking Out? He'll be like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, I love oh. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but also screw Matt Cardona, you, you bad person. But Kylie Ray's coming back to freelance. Uh, we mentioned Masha Slamovich. She's going to be going for the IWTV Independent Wrestling World Championship against AC Mac. AC right? Mac. Yes, that's going to be at Action. Uh, and then we brought up uh, where we uh, oh god dang it, am I allowed it's to fine. say damn? Yeah, yeah, damn. it's it's fine. God damn it. Uh, no, but but there's there's a bunch of good stuff happening here. Oh, AJ Gray. Uh, Sup Bone Storm Championship. We'll be having a match against Jaden Newman. So we got all, uh, Violence is Forever will be on that show. So we got plenty of good independent wrestling coming. Always tune in. IWTV, best 10 bucks you'll spend if you're a wrestling fan. I like, say it every week. I know. You gotta, you gotta catch what's happening on the indies. Uh, there's so much good talent. It's never been better. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that's why we're, I'm all about the independent wrestling recently. So yeah, that's it. That's our indie wrestling talk. That's AEW Revolution. And now we will get to Shameless Plugs. Shameless Plugs. Shameless Plugs. Guys, promote Filthy F. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was your... Uh... I thought that was your segment yeah. with your co-host. <laughs> I thought we were What's waiting that? for the, like the commercial break. No, yeah, no, that, that, that's all post. No, guys, come on. Shameless plugs. Shamelessly pro- promote Filthy F and Casuals here. So we are Filthy F and Casuals. You can find us on all major streaming platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at Filthy FN Casuals. You can also follow us on the same Name on Instagram. We will be recording a post-game revolution uh, episode next week, which you can check out, see all our tasty reviews of the show. Uh, you can hear our uh, legend killer, if I find one hard enough for Damien, because he's been on a good streak recently. Mm-hmm. I think Sweeney. You got me on last week's one. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, my, who's this? And he was like, oh, Okay. He was a young guy there. Yeah. I think you still have the quickest of all time, though. He was like, yeah, I know. I know who <laughs> No. And it's Kevin uh, Nash. Well, well, when you showed me uh, a couple of weeks ago, you showed me Lesnar, and I think I got it like before. Oh, yeah. You were your pissed because I ha- I didn't have it pulled up in time. And it is Lesnar. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we are available wherever podcasts are, wherever you, you listen to. I think the way you say it is wherever you choose to engage in your podcasting. Uh, we are going to be working on a bit of a name change soon, but for now, searching us, you do filthy F star, 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 G casuals. Uh, but following us on Twitter and Instagram is always the easiest way to find us. We are up on anchor, Spotify, all that good stuff. We like to present the product in a way where, uh, we want to, give the hardcore fans something worthwhile to listen to while still appealing to casual fans. And we're big fans of big historical pieces uh, as well as reviews. So if you're ever wondering, Hmm, I've got two hours and I want to hear something stupid and obscure today about wrestling. We are the podcast for you. If you want to hear about, Hmm, I wonder what WWE is doing. Go Bob Backlund yourself. We don't talk about them. (laughs) Uh, But in all seriousness, we are uh, we're here to try and do whatever we can to get people invested in wrestling. We love wrestling. We're lifelong fans of it, and hmm, we just love ourselves. And also, we are the most powerful podcast in sports entertainment. We single-handedly chased Cody Rhodes out of AEW, a company he started himself. Uh, we're we just and we get it right every time, Chris. We get it right. So if you're looking for a podcast that gets it right every time, listen to Marking Out, but then spend another two hours listening to us. Listen, don't give Brandon the rub like that. That's the last. That's the last thing I need is red. Like I'm right all the time. Okay, you're right. If you want to be, if you want to listen to a podcast that's right, like half the time and the other half of the time you're like this is a stupid opinion listen to mark and now if you want to <laughs> always be right a hundred percent listen to us we will never steer you wrong unless ryan discovers raw again and then we will steer you wrong all the time that's it. i like to imagine ourselves as a bridge for the lapsed fan okay yes that's a great that's a great way 
everything I, would is you, interconnected in would wrestling. you would you consider us a a voice for the voiceless ryan yeah i would i would i would also uh we we're talking about plugs well chris what i'd like to plug here is ryan's in engagement yeah man congratulations thank you we, this this got dropped before this episode is getting dropped before your your po- podcast. So congratulations, Ryan. On yes, the, thank you. I appreciate yes, that. You get the official podcast scoop here uh, because of me. I Hot takes in front of the uh, Grand Canyon. I did not think outside the diner in Massapequa, New York, was going to be fitting enough for my fiance. So I chose the Grand Canyon. I feel like I would be an idiot not to, right? Like what? You know, come on. You should have done it in front of effing. Uh, America or uh, whatever America. it's called now. <laughs> no, I, me, no. <laughs> me, me and Ryan were before you came out, Damien. We were exchanging uh, uh, engagement stories. I uh, proposed to my wife in the middle of Harry Potter Land, Universal. I love that. Yeah. I I uh, took my wife to like a place we were doing happy hour and like just got myself drunker than her and then took her down to Astoria Park and she was taking a video and then she thought it was weird that I was giggling like an idiot and then she found me on a knee and her first statement was what are you doing <laughs> hey do you want to uh you want to marry me you want no, to he said it like he said it like uh, macho man do yeah, I don't you, know you marry me uh, you want to know where you dream to marry me uh no she Jamie, said is this no. wrestling thing uh she said no but then she said yes now we're married so that's my story my mazel tov to that and and speaking of mazel tov brandon he pre-recorded his shout outs who are you shouting out shalom jace over here and you're about to listen to my favorite part of the show brandon shaloms oh i mean brandon shout outs given all the recent talk about madison square garden the first shout-out goes to WWE Live from Madison Square Garden, which was a special that aired on WWE Network in 2015. Uh, John Cena and Seth Rollins main-evented the, the card, but it was I, overall, I thought it was a pretty fun card. I was there. We saw, even though I wanted an actual match between the two of them and not a, at the time, standard Brock Lesnar match, we saw Brock Lesnar versus Big Show. We saw the Dudley Boys versus New Day. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens faced off against each other. It also happened to be the 25th anniversary of Chris Jericho. So Lance Storm, Don Callis, and Luther were in the the crowd. So I thought that was pretty cool. Jericho also had a really cool Rangers-themed t-shirt themed for the 25 years of his career. I thought that was also pretty cool. I wish they had my size. But uh, a few other matches took place. It's on Peacock. You could still watch it. So I'd recommend to check it out. And I still, ever since Billy Joel announced in 2013 that he was going to be a then fourth franchise of Madison Square Garden with the other three being the Rangers, the Knicks, and the Liberty who no longer play there, I kind of wanted to see WWE do something like this, but I never really thought it was possible, but... I, I still think that this event was pretty cool that they did. Uh, next shout out goes to WWE 2K20. I know a lot of people hated this game and it didn't work for a bunch of people. I didn't really have that many problems with it. 
The DLC, I think, was beyond goofy, but it gave us some cool things. We got Southpaw Regional Wrestling, even though it was... I mean, we got some of the characters from Southpaw, but overall it was brand new and focused on the women. But we got some really cool Southpaw arenas with that, too. Like the one with the pool. And, uh, I mean, The Fiend was part of that game. And it's also the game that I've been playing since 2019. And this is literally the last week that I'll probably ever play (laughs) 2K20. So I just want to say thank you to 2K20, regardless of how bad people thought it was. Uh, And then the last shout-out goes to Inventing Anna, which is a miniseries on Netflix starring Julia Garner and Anna Klumsky, inspired by a real article in the New York Magazine about Anna Delvey, who conned a bunch of people into thinking she was wealthy, an heiress, and uh, a socialite. And it's like, really crazy. And I remember hearing this story back when it first like came out, um, I want to say like three or four years ago. But uh, yeah, I would say check it out. It's pretty good. It's probably in the top 10 list right now on Netflix. But those are my shout-outs. Fantastic shout-outs, as always, Brandon. And now it's time for the most important segment of the week. It's our... Mark out moment of the week. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with this, this is the segment where we just geek out over something awesome that happened this week. And I'm going to start uh, at GCW this past weekend. Myers and Cardona co- rocking old school Myers and Matthews gear to the ring. Uh, they Their gear this weekend was inspired by them from NYWC when they were a tag team, NYWC tag team champions. Before they got signed, I thought it was freaking great. They had the robes. Uh, they had sunglasses. I thought it was great. I marked out for that and marking out for AEW by Ring of Honor. You, you just, you you just got to pop huge for that. What about Jello? What about yourself? What'd you mark out for? Well, Damien's going to be very mad at me because am I? mine comes from Monday Night Raw. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Yay, Raw. No. Uh-huh. Uh, Bianca Belair and the hair whip. I'm always going to mark out for that. Say that, yeah, boy. I, I, I saw I saw the, uh, the 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 reels on Instagram as the kids are doing these days, and I saw Becky's uh, abs too, which was just was brutal. Is it gimmicked? I hope it's not gimmicked. It's just, just I, hope it's not gimmicked. I, I don't think so. I think she just smacks the ever loving hell out of you <laughs> with with her hair, and I love that. It's great. Um. Is this like wrestling specific or just anything that we've loved? Anything that you've loved. Okay, so before I go, Ryan, do you have anything else that made you mark the backland out? Yeah, I mean, besides my engagement, I took a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. So I don't. That's pretty think... marked. That's pretty marked. Yeah. Did you weep? I've been told that that is an experience that makes most people cry. I was well, just I... frozen. And then there was, you know, what made me like, really choke up is they had like a pre-recording over the uh, speakers that we were listening to 
and they <laughs> they played uh sprock also zathora i'm butchering the name of that or as you know it the rick flair theme song and it was just <laughs> great because they timed it exactly no way yes they timed it exactly to where you got the first peak of the canyon is here that that's what we use for the mark m over the week uh bumper Nice. Full circle right here. That's so yeah. good. So Monday Night Raw is not going to beat that. Also on the on the way back from the Grand Candy, they played Time of Your Life at Green Day. I was like, okay, oh, all right. That's it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> um, okay, so wrestling related. Um, one thing that I will definitely mark out for is is uh, I'll give Ryan a little bit of a pass here. Finn Balor getting a, a goddamn championship again, finally. Yeah. I don't Big know Ferg. why. Yeah, I don't know why Vince like re-remembered him in the attic and dusted him off. But uh, anytime Finn Balor wins a title, I will be happy about it. I will perennially think that uh, Finn Balor's time in WWE has just been a sham of what it should have been i think there's no reason finn balor and aj Styles shouldn't be in the exact same place but regardless of that he won he beat damian priest i'm excited about that and also uh i will say of all of the weird mania things that are happening edge versus aj styles i'm yeah. all about that yeah give me that uh edge work and heel works every time i i know that like aj you know, he's not the best talker and he's a little bit more fun as a heel, but boy, there's just something about like indomitable spirit AJ that I love. I just love pure baby face. I'm incredible at wrestling and that's what I like to do AJ. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Uh, it's like the one mania thing I'm, I'm really looking forward I told, to. I told our good friend, Anthony Richard Young Capozzi the other day, I said, I guess I have to watch mania now because Edge is my number one of all time. And I feel <laughs> like this, this run has gotten a little bit drowned out for me. But when I saw Uncle Alan versus Uncle Adam, I'm like, got to watch. Uh, my true marking out wrestling moment, uh, Jay White showing up in AEW. I know it wasn't like definitively this week, but for me, as uh, Jay a White Japan fan. Yeah, as a New Japan fan, Jay White is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He is I think the uh uh standard bearer for heel wrestlers. Just incredible. I love everything he does. Him being on TV more is incredible. Uh and the New Japan Cup started. So hopefully we get Gaijin coming back in time for the G1 outside of wrestling. Horizon Forbidden West, I have put almost 40 hours into already. Love this game, having a beautiful time with it. Uh, and it's funny because the beginning of the game takes you through Zion National Park. And I realized that that happened as Ryan was in Zion National Park. Wow. So that was a fun little like video game. Uh, inception. I'm here. I'm here with you in spirit. One of the greatest places in the world. So I, I, I marked. I, I had no expectations because I thought, like, how are you going to top the Grand Canyon? Ryan's marking did. out for Mormonism. He's a Mormon. That's now. right. Cola, <laughs> baby, magic underwear. Joseph Smith. <laughs> dum 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 dum. And on <laughs> that note, that is episode five hundred and seventy-eight of Marking Out. Thank you so much for everybody for listening. Thank you, Damian, Ryan, for being on the show this week. Help me out. 
Christio 2.0. Really appreciate it. I hope uh, a lot of fans that listen to Marking Out now got, start listening to you guys because I think we had a great conversation tonight. You know, it's almost going two hours. I didn't think I didn't think this episode this week was going to go two hours, but here we are. Well, we told you you were mistaken <laughs> if you didn't think we'd talk. But that's it's fine. So anyway, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash marking out 11. You can buy our merchandise at pro wrestling tees.com slash marking out big merch madness sale. Use the coupon code madness, save 20% off and free shipping. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at BTTG161 and Dave on Twitter at D David DPTDPT. And make sure you follow these boys at Filthy F and Casuals at what's your, what's the handle again? Filthy F as in Frank, N as in Nancy. Freeze and Casuals. <laughs> there we go. And you froze. But uh, until <laughs> next week, Filthy F and Casuals, we wish you the. Best of luck in your future endeavors and have a fantastic weekend. Brandon's not going to have a break now, so that's it. Go right to that. You see.